And here's the other part. I'm a real big fan. Some people are like, oh, certifications are trying to, you know, make you follow the rules. Like, well, actually, it kind of lets everyone else know that you're not going to burst into flame and cause everybody else to burst into flame. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is Episode 70 with Lindsay Wood from Experience Tiny Homes. Lindsay and her husband, Eric, were not expecting to have to build their tiny home themselves. In fact, they hired a builder, expecting the house to be finished for them. But about partway through the build, their builder went out of business, and they were left with the shell of a 33-foot gooseneck tiny house on wheels. In this episode, I'll talk with Lindsay about what happened from there, her tips for working with builders to make sure that you don't end up in the same situation that she did, and what experienced tiny homes is doing to help spread the love for the tiny house movement all across the country. I hope you stick around. I want to tell you about the sponsor for today's episode, Jamaica Cottage Shop, pioneers of the PCK or pre-cut kit. You can literally build one of hundreds of buildings from sheds to tiny houses and even larger cabins yourself. All of the precision cut pieces for the building come labeled and color-coded with clear, easy-to-follow instructions shipped to you for free almost anywhere in North America. The kits are 100% made in the USA from rough sawn hemlock and eastern white pine. I personally used a Jamaica Cottage Shop pre-cut kit when I needed to build a 5 foot by 8 foot storage shed for my tiny house, and the cost was literally less than if I had gone to the lumberyard to buy the raw materials myself. Plus, having all the pieces pre-cut and labeled saved a ton of build time. Right now, Jamaica Cottage Shop is offering listeners of our show $100 off a purchase of $1,000 or more. Just head over to jamaicacottageshop.com slash THLP and use or mention the coupon code THLP when you order. That's jamaicacottageshop.com slash THLP, coupon code THLP, for $100 off a purchase of $1,000 or more. Limit one use per customer, expires November 30th, 2019, cannot be combined with any other promotion and does not apply to past or current orders. Thank you so much to Jamaica Cottage Shop for sponsoring our show. All right, I am here with Lindsay Wood with Experience Tiny Homes. Experience Tiny Homes' mission is to inspire and welcome people into the tiny home lifestyle through unique tiny home experiences. These include tiny home tours, foodie events, movie night, and dance parties. Lindsay Wood, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ethan. Great to be here. Great to have you. I thought we could just start off by having you tell kind of your story of what brought you to the tiny house movement in the first place. Yeah, thank you. So my husband and I were living in San Rafael, California. For those of you that don't know, it's Marin County, really expensive place in the country. And we had spent about $108,000 in rent over six years and realized that that pathway was just not very sustainable for us. Some people love renting and not owning, but we really wanted to own. 
We tried uh, looking for homes. We tried looking even for land. And at every turn, we got outbid. And so at some point, we're like looking at like container homes and all kinds of things, build a small home on a lot and then build a big home later, all that kind of stuff. And what it really came down to is that we wanted to travel as well. So what better to put your home on wheels and travel? And that's really what we've been doing since March 1st of this year. It's now July. Wow. So how has it been traveling with your tiny house? Well, we love it. And we had just to back up a little bit going from San Rafael, you know, the downsizing process, all that worked well. We looked for a builder, found a builder. We realized we didn't want to build the home on our own. Didn't quite know, you know, there's, there's a lot to building a home. Then there's a lot to building a home on wheels. So we wanted to have someone do it right. Halfway through our build, the builder that we hired went out of business on us. So we went from buy to DIY really quickly. So from, let's see, July of last year, we are literally, tomorrow is our anniversary date of picking up our home unfinished in Utah and finishing it for the next eight months. So as of March 1st, by the time we got to that date to travel, we were ready to travel. Wow. So maybe you could say more about, you know, what happened with the builder and do you think there maybe would have been any way for you to see it coming or avoid it? That's a great question because we actually talked, uh, spoke at the Colorado Tiny House Festival, top 10 things to think about before hiring a tiny home builder. We'll be speaking at the upcoming Peoples and then a number of other events um, in the next, uh, I would say, few months up until November of this year. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one because I think we did a lot of things right and the builder was totally respected. But for some reason, um, <laughs> we were at the last, we, we pulled the last, what do you call it? The short straw yeah. uh, of the stick of the bunch. And their business just, I don't know, for whatever reason was challenged. I think really what it came down to is they were underbidding and had a pretty rough go with one of their recent builds right before us. Not that you ever know that as a customer. And it just sort of, you know, spiraled down <laughs> to us being the last. Um, I feel like the universe was like, yeah, she needs something to talk about. Let's give her something to talk about. And what better to, you know, we had the resources, meaning the family members that could help us finish it on um, the place to do it with. And then also the resources like the plumber and electrician. So when we picked it up, it was still in a pretty raw state. It was framed and roofed, but that was it. Okay. So pretty, pretty early on. Yeah. At least it was framed and there was... And a funny, interesting thing about a day into our travel into March, our, we found out we were under-specified. This is the only thing that really still kind of chapped my head. We had to replace our tires and our axles. Oh, so, so the trailer <laughs> that you had wasn't beefy enough to carry the weight that it was supposed to. Yeah, and that should have been like every builder I talked to ever since then. They're like, oh, there's no question. We had six. 6,000 pound axles, and there was three of those. So that's a total of 18,000. Our entire tiny home weighs about 20 and about 14, 15 are on the axles. That's too close for comfort. Right. So we needed to change them up to 7,000. Wow. So yeah, let's, let's talk some stats about your tiny house. How long is it? Square footage? What's the design like? Yeah, sure. So 33 feet long, gooseneck. We really wanted a gooseneck versus a bumper pull uh because when we when we thought of our travels we we're going to be traveling in all kinds of conditions the gooseneck hands down is the best 
uh, for travel. And it's true. We've tested it. Many different scenarios, um, up mountain passes, down mountain passes, tiny roads, back roads, street roads, you name it. And then inside we have on the gooseneck, we have a, a fold down Murphy bed, a queen bed. We have a crawl in closet and with a laundry, a washer dryer combo in the back end of the closet. Some people kind of look at us like we're crazy with that in the back, but that's our design. So we like it. We know we only do laundry once every two weeks. So we really didn't want that as a main feature in either our bathroom or our kitchen. Um, so that's the gooseneck. As you walk down the stairs, then you get into a big open space uh, where we have a quartz countertop kitchen. Another big weight, obviously, there, but a beautiful countertop. Uh, everything's white. Everything's shiplap and white. Um, and then we also have one of the big features that was, uh, I think it could win an award if there was an award for bathrooms. We have a steam shower bathtub in wow. our, yeah. We also have the separate toilet. So it's a, a urine diverter. Uh, a lot of people call it a composter. It is not a composter. I could go off on that for a while. Um, and then we have a loft bed and we have a folding ladder that folds up out of the way. So when we pull up our big table, which can seat six people comfortably around the table, um, the, the ladder that folds up clears out of that way. Nice. Well, as I always say, I will link to and post a lot of pictures on the show notes page for this episode, and I'll, I'll give yes. that URL at the end, kind of during the outro. So what are you, what are you pulling it with? Yeah, that's a really popular question. Like, you know, ourselves, no, we're not pulling it. We are pulling it with a one-ton Dodge Ram Dually. I think Dodge should actually sponsor the entire tiny house movement. Just a little plug there, because everyone I've seen is most likely pulling a Dodge. Yeah. And the one-ton is able to to do that whole 30-foot, 20,000-pound house. You bet. 33-foot. You bet. Wow. Yeah. It, it, I think there could be some modifications. You know, I'm not quite the mechanic person and knowing all about that. My brother is more is like, you can have a $400 filter and it'll give you more energy to your engine. So these are things that we will explore once we're finished paying off our axle and tire adventure. <laughs> yeah. So can I ask what the cost for the build was and what is the cost that you expected with the professional builder and what did you end up with doing most of the finish work yourself? Yes. Another super popular question. I usually, when I have a group of people imagine, I'm like, they're all asking me that question or someone's by the side kind of whispering. Cause you know, I know in our culture, like you don't want to ask, but this is a, a very important question you know, to know what a luxury tiny home costs, what a DIY 24 foot home that uses a bunch of recycled material costs. It's a full range. We're brand spanking new. Everything put in here was brand new. Um, so we got a quote for $90,000, mm -hmm. which was a deal because we had rooftop deck, drop down patio, the whole thing. Yeah. I was going to say that does actually sound quite reasonable, reasonable for what you're describing. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, solar system. Yep. Six panels are on our roof right now. So the solar right there, whenever I tell people, I ask them like, what do you guys think? I just put the question back on them and I've gotten a full range from 20,000 at the low end to some people have hit it right on the head. So our build was at a hundred thousand dollars on March 1st. And as of March 3rd, after the axles, it was 105. 
$5,400 to be exact, because those cost $5,400 to put on. Right. So that's six, that's roughly equivalent to your last six years of rent. Exactly. Yep. And we did get a quote from a few other builders, kind of a loose quote, just a looky loo walkthrough. And we got quoted about 110. So I feel like, yay, we did great. Never mind the eight months of working on it, mostly full time for three months. Yeah. Don't, you don't want to factor in your own time because then it, then it's not worth it. Right. Exactly. Then it would be like 150. And so when people say, you want to sell it, you know, I don't know. We're still, we love it. We really love our home. Um, It is our home. It took some getting used to, it kind of took some like, what do we need to figure out? Because we're also traveling in it. And I can probably count on one hand how many people I know that actively traveled, even if they did or are still doing it in their tiny home. You know, yeah, people do bus conversions, you name it, but not many in a tiny home. Yeah, there there aren't that many traveling in tiny homes. And I'm sure there are a number of reasons for that. Why do you think that there are few traveling in tiny homes on wheels? Yeah, I would say weight would be one thing. Tiny homes are probably on average going to be more heavy because RVs are great. RVs are, you know, recreational vehicle. They're made really inexpensively, uh, you know, thin insulation. Well, all that equals lower weight, but it doesn't equal long time living, like permanent living for multiple years upon years, especially in different climates. So that would probably be one reason. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people that buy them, just want to park them somewhere and have it be at least uh, allowed to be movable, you know? Um, but yeah, we don't see many in the park. We saw one tiny home in an RV park and they left that morning. Uh, but other than that, we've never seen a tiny home driving on the road. Maybe we saw one on the road being maybe transported. Now, did you opt for any of the certifications like RVIA or NOAA or ANSI or any of those? Oh, yeah, that's part of our whole story as one of our top 10 of things to know before hiring a builder is your certification. So we sought out after we learned, we went to one tiny home festival uh, in Arlington, Texas. It was the Tiny Home Jamboree. And we discovered that RVIA was a really good certification. It's what the RV industry actually uses. And now, you know, obviously, I don't know, for people that don't do or don't know, tiny homes are not recognized as an actual a legit name at the DMV. They're all recreational vehicles. So we wanted the the gold standard RVIA. Well, when the builder went bust, that RVIA certification kind of went with them because, and then we couldn't talk directly to RVIA and get ours RVIA certified. That's just not how they work. So the next step was, and the only step in our book was Pacific Web. And we are so grateful that at least the builder had been taking pictures and video along the way. And then we, as soon as we found out that was the certification, we had a whole checklist that our electricians and our plumber had to finish and fill out. So we do have Pacific West on the side of our tiny home. So what is Pacific West? Yeah, so Pacific West, at least as I know it, I may not get it totally perfect. If Alex or Chuck are listening to this, you know, clue me in later. The the cool thing is Chuck is a professional engineer. He's been around amongst the code world for a long time. In fact, he's been informing people, apologies, my power just went out. Are you still tracking me? Yeah, I still hear you. Okay, great. Cool. Um, so anyway, he's been tracking um, 
this industry, uh, but he's been involved in a number of industries involved in, in regards to coding for a long time. And so they decided to offer uh, the certification to tiny homeowners. And they're actually, if you look them up on the state of California list, third party certifications, they're one of the few that are on there for tiny homes. Great. So do you, have you been asked about certification in your travels, like in order to be able to stay at certain campgrounds? There's actually one that we are looking to stay at and they actually come with a full application form and background check because we want to actually live there. So until then, we've, we've been a part of this network called Coast to Coast, which is pretty cool. It's total RV world, but we wanted to at least have something that we could go to around the country um, within our what we call network. And there's at least two, if not more, um, coast to coast network or campgrounds per state. Um, however, in like Colorado, they wouldn't let a tiny home come in to Monument. So we learned that one. But mostly everywhere, like New Mexico, they were great. Uh, Arizona was great. And then some parts of California and definitely Texas. Texas has the most of the coast to coast network. So for anyone wanting to get into the tiny home and travel, I say that with a big and, um, because not many people do, then Coast to Coast might be a good network. We started boondocking as we got more into to New Mexico and Santa Fe. And so we've been boondocking for probably the last two months. And boondocking for those who aren't in the RV world, why don't you, why don't you explain what that is? Yeah, boondocking is pretty cool. I'm like, where did that term come from? I don't know. Um, Google will tell us. So boondocking, as I know it, is you pretty much pull up on any land and you're really self-reliant. There is no water source. There is no electrical source. Like you are out there. So a lot of bus conversions, they tend to boondock on BLM land because it's free. They're really not allowed to go into RV parks. And then, you know, obviously if you find somewhere that's private land, then that's your best bet. But not always will they have like right. a water hookup or electrical yeah. So right now, however, in some places, we're able to be close to a water spigot so we can shuttle our little containers over and then fill them up. One unfortunate feature of our tiny home is that we only put in a 15-gallon freshwater tank. Ah. Wow. Oh, so that's not very much water storage. No, that's like a two-day, and that's really not doing much. So we have these six-gallon jugs, and we've been shuttling water so when we've been living in RV parks, we never felt the pain. We never felt the reality of boondocking with the water issue. The electrical is great because we've got the six panels. But yeah, the issues, and usually with our gray water system, because we don't have black water, because we have the separating toilet, okay. the gray water is sterile. And so we've been able to put it out into normal, you know, a field or um, we obviously always check with the landowner to make sure it's cool. Um, here on this land right now, there's like an area where they're putting gray water, where they did this whole filtration system with gravel and stuff because they're here more permanently. Wow. So if you could do it all over again, what would you change about it? Sounds like maybe the water tank. Oh, definitely. The water changed right out of, you know, and here's the crazy part. We have a 40 gallon gray water on the heaviest part of our tiny home. So what? So one thing I would absolutely do is know thy weight. Uh, that's one. No, you know, like if you're getting into a tiny home that's like a 24 foot, 
you might be looking at two axles, but 8,000 pound tires, mm. or you might do three 7,000 pound. And see, that gets into the whole like question of trailer. Well, you can start adding up all the little things. Like we ordered the Murphy bed. We ordered the, the shower combo unit. All of those come with weight. Even the shiplap can come with weight. Like mm. start doing the math because, but we relied on our builder to do the math. And then our builder did not do the right math or they cut corners. We don't quite know the story mm. as to why they gave us three 6,000 K axles, but there's, to, you know, to begin with, it would have been great for this home to have three 8,000 pounds. Yeah. That, that yeah. sounds like that was something that you could have, well, you, it's almost good that you found out before the house was done and you're towing it down the road at full weight, right? Oh no, we were done. We were literally, oh. so we finished the home. We kept bringing it to oh no, like a, okay. a local vineyard um, in Ukiah area to weigh it. But we didn't quite know the whole, like there's axle weight, there's tongue weight, and there's an entire weight. And when you go to the scales, they'll give you all of that. <clears throat> you have to do some math. Like we weighed our truck separately because typically when you go to scales, you're connected. You're not going to unconnect. It's, it's a right. hassle to do that. So you want to kind of know what your truck weighs separate and then your axles. Well, if you go to a builder, they should do all this for you. But having knowledge of all this, even if you're a DIY, even if you're getting a builder to do it, just lets you like, that's the first thing they're going to buy is the trailer. And you can actually ask them like, send me your trailer receipt. I want to see what you bought for us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I want to show me, show me the specs, show me the receipt. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Six, three, 6,000 pound axles on like a 24 foot trailer that's doing a lot of recycled or, you know, low weight kind of stuff. No problem. But, you know, then, then there might be schools of thought where you do two 8,000 pound axles. So you're like 18 or um, 16, you know, so it just uh -huh. gets into kind of the, the weeds on that stuff. And uh -huh. right. Then there's the issue of, um, you know, the tire, the tire thickness uh -huh. is a whole nother thing. <laughs> like, oh my God, the tire thickness, who would have known? Yeah. That's something that I learned from, um, tiny house or sorry, tiny house expedition, um, for watching their videos talking about how a lot of trailers come stock with, I guess it's like eight ply tires. Yeah. And that if you're really going to be traveling, that those really aren't going to be adequate and that you need to upgrade to better tires. And it sounds like, can you break out the costs of what the axles and what the tires cost? You know what? I couldn't because I, with a trailer, they're going to buy the whole thing together. And I would say our trailer is roughly in the $5,000 realm. Uh -huh. So that, and then, yeah, I've heard it. And literally, I think it was someone they were quoting uh, trailer made is a common trailer used on um, by tiny home builders. And then um, we were helped by the grace of God here. <laughs> we had, we were like, we only missed one day of our travel because of RNJ trailers in Fresno. So I just have to give them props out there. I'm not being paid to say that. But when we were given the chance to sleep on their property and the guy was coming in trying to solve our problem, he came in first. He's like, we can solve your problem, but then you'll be 13 feet, nine inches tall. And we're like, no, we can't be that tall. That's scary. And then he came back and said, well, we can solve your problem and keep your same height, but your cost is going to go up. At that point, we're like, um, we, yeah, sure. you know, we have a credit card. Let's go for it. So, 
we went for it. We got the right tires. Like I think 12 to 16 ply is sort of that range uh-huh. on, but really someone told me that when you buy the tires or in the right axles from the get go, you're only talking a few hundred bucks extra. Right. Right. So just, so, especially if you know, you're going to be traveling, just custom order those tires right off the bat. Yeah. Like, and you know what, even if a home's sitting on axles for that long, like, and then it all of a sudden needs, needs to move somewhere. You know, I get the reality. You don't want to spend a lot more for a tiny home just to sit around. You know, one thing you definitely want to protect them from the sun. Um, but I do think there's such value because you never know where that home is eventually could potentially be sold to. Maybe it'd be someone right. that actually wants to travel. Right. So what are some other tips you have? You've already mentioned, um, you know, knowing your trailer, know what you get know the weight of your house. What are some other tips you have for working with builders? Yeah. And actually just to go back on the certification point is that you do not know what will come down the road, but most RV parks, tiny home villages, like the one we're looking at in the Delta, Uh they're going to require RVIA or Pacific West. So, you know, and here's the other part. I'm a real big fan. Some people are like, oh, certifications are trying to, you know, make you follow the rules. Like, well, actually it kind of lets everyone else know that you're not going to burst into flame and right. cause everybody else to burst into flame. Um, as far as you flooding your own self out, that's not going to hurt other people, but the fire thing is a big deal. And, and the biggest thing about those codes is that they're really talking about electrical and plumbing and electrical can affect other people. Plumbing, that's just going to affect your own home. If you do it wrong, sure. It'll make a flood. Yeah. So other tips and tricks. Oh, a big one. Um, the communication. What was funny when I um, we hired on with our builder, I was all excited. I'm like, all right, so how are we going to tell you about all of our ideas and, and you know, make up? There's a ton of decisions to make. And they're like, yeah, we use email. And I thought that just seems a little bit like a little slow, crazy. <laughs> And yet I've talked to other builders that use tech. Um, so I'm a big believer that there's a tracking document. I do get that if you're a builder and you're like in the home and you're me to make a decision, then you want to send a text. Well, at least text can be trackable. You know, like text, I would actually have more interest in text thread than maybe an email thread. Because I don't know, sometimes I feel like those email threads they can get started a new one or it can be really long. Easy to get lost. Yeah, but it, I, I would say it, between a text thread or what we created was a Google Doc. And it basically, whenever a decision had been made, we had like the link to the the um, the product that we chose. The uh, And then when we were in sort of deliberation or questions back and forth, we would highlight something in yellow. So like, hey, this needs to be looked at. And then a choice could be made because we're like, well, are there any other colors? What other sizes are there? All those kind of issues come into play. You know, what might be other better, you know, what might be other cabinets, but in a better price? That type of thing. Got it. Yeah. So it sounds like the communication is key, especially if you're having your house built, not where you live. So you can't just drop by the job site and kind of check it out and see, see how it's going in person. That's another big tip that we actually were given by a woman at Tiny House Jamboree. We were on the final day. We were looking over all the tiny homes. And it's so fun to kind of think back to the past. And she said, because she had hired a builder 
one of the homes that we pretty much sat in for, you know, majority of the time there because we really liked the layout on um, certain parts of it. And she said to me, you know, it's really important to go visit the build site throughout your build. Because if you're dropping, I don't care if your your person's like, you know, a few states over, you know, that's a couple hundred dollars plane flight. And if you're dropping, you know, 60 to $100,000, that's a really important thing because when they delivered the home to her, there were some things that really were not to her liking or just to her, you know, her preference. And so they had to come out and change it. So it kind of affects the builder. Like if I was a builder, I would require people to come. And so I do recommend, you know, if you've got a builder that you really love and there are many states away, just put in your budget. that You're going to fly there like probably two times before the build ends. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And that way you're really checking That's really in. smart. Yeah. Or hire someone that you can drive to. Me personally, I'll probably be camped next door to them. Literally, that's, that's just <laughs> like our level. Because of our experience. Yeah, no, I mean, that's something that I never really considered as a potential problem with hiring a builder is, you know, that they could go out of business midway. Sadly, there's a number of people because I called up, you know, the only one I really had offered. So we signed an as is agreement. Like we pulled up, it was 100 degrees in Utah. And I sort of do the name that shall not be mentioned because, you know, they're out of business anymore. So no one can call them and they don't deserve any kind of promotion because they really, they, you know, when you put the wrong axles and you send people off on the road, that puts a lot of people in danger. So I will say for that to even be a consideration, like everyone, even if you have no information about trailers, get to know your trailer and get to know what's the ideal truck. And I will say, I highly doubt that unless you're pulling like an 18 foot, really lightweight, tiny home, you're probably going to have a one ton dually truck. And I'm the one that really wanted to not have the big wide truck at the end, you know, the back right. and went for a different home. And I mean, a different truck. And we bought a quarter ton, it was a three quarter ton, 2,500 non-dually. And there is no way there it was going to tow it towed our home back from Utah, but it was all incomplete. So it didn't have it fully loaded. Right. And we had to sell that truck after a ton of fixing on the transmission, oops, and took a loss of about $10,000. So right off from the get-go, I could have saved myself so much money, probably $17,000, half of what we put into our tiny into our into our truck by just going with the dually right away. So that was yeah. another big, sad, scary lesson that I am here to share with a little bit of humility. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is both with trailers and with your tow vehicle, you want the capacity to be higher than what it's actually going to be carrying. Because if, right if you're right up at that edge, you're pushing everything, you're pushing all yeah. that equipment, all those connections to their limits. Yep. And I love it. Our friends next door, they're True North Tiny. They have a really long, they have a 40 foot gooseneck. They do not own a truck because they just hire someone. And that someone uh, was Jesse from Tiny Home Connection or THC Towing. And they have a Dodge 5500, you know, huge beefy towing truck. And so there are towing services out there. You do not need to own a truck. Right. You're not towing this thing around. Yeah. I, that's usually what I advise people. Like if you're not, traveling actively um you're going to save a lot of money just 
hiring the rental or hiring a professional mover or going the U-Haul route, which for your house, I don't know that you'd be able to do that because it's a gooseneck, but for a bumper yeah. pole, uh, a 20-foot U-Haul can tow, I believe, 14,000 pounds. Oh, that's good to know. And yeah. I know that um, Tiny Expedition... Yeah, Tiny House Expedition is... Yeah, uh, Tiny House Expedition, that's how they rolled. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So, and that worked great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I believe they're sponsored by U-Haul too, which is awesome. Yes. Yeah, and they traveled like 50,000 miles. So they've, they've been the proof of concept with that that version. Yep. While we haven't done the 50,000 miles, we have done 3,000 miles at, we're a height of 13.5. And there are many a times like, oh, gosh, is that cable too low? But it isn't. It's mostly trees that throw us around. And we've had to do things like drive on the other side of the road, of course, with no cars coming uh, to bypass trees. So you you can't really. Hopefully. Yeah. I've often had moments where I'm like, I wish we were 13 feet. (laughs) Yeah, that's another one. I I think I built mine to 13.4 or 13.3, just wanting to have. A little bit of buffer. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is nice. However, if you're just going to park, you know, there's there's homes that they do a, what do you call it? A, uh, a roof that extends once it gets there and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, tell me about experienced tiny homes. Yeah. So my husband and I realized we wanted to do a big career shift. Uh, I had worked in LED lighting for about eight years. And my husband had worked in catering for about 20. So he comes with all the chef skills. Um, I married a chef because I'm a genius. Yeah, that's that's a good move. (laughs) So yeah, so we thought, you know, what can we do about tiny homes? We're not going to be builders. And that's a very common question. We we give tours of our home, whether we're in like the Walmart parking lot, the Whole Foods parking lot, uh, you name it. We've been all over uh, this, you know, I would say southwest of this country. So we found a lot of people that had watched a lot of the shows, either on TV or online, uh, had never set foot in a tiny home. So we started thinking of different things that we could provide that we have experience with, and that came up with experienced tiny homes. So we ended up with foodie events. I say foodie events because we didn't want to just say dinner parties. We love the idea of like wine, cheese, chocolate pairing because we're from Mendocino County, the wine country area. Um, I, we also purchased 30 of the silent disco headsets uh-huh. and we have actually showcased a movie. Um, we usually choose uh, one strange rock Netflix produced the one strange rock and have shown that at village farms in Texas, tiny home village. And then also at we Casa in lions, which is a tiny home hotel. Yeah. Fun. And then the final one is, with those headsets, we can do a dance party. Cool. So everybody's listening to music, but it's silent, but everyone's hearing it together. Yeah. And they can actually listen to three different channels. So you can have this like, it, it's a really big popular thing amongst millennials. They have them in New York. It was mostly East Coast, but it's definitely made its way out to the West Coast. And then we thought we would just, uh, you know, offer something different. We are actually going to be st- offering self-guided tiny home tours with the headset. So that way... People that want a little deeper dive that, you know, if you've got a home show and there's thousands of people walking through, there are going to be a lot of people who are just looking just like all the other ones, but there'll be some that are really keen on knowing like all the details. And it's really hard to be the one in the home that's giving all the details as well as, you know, watching a thousand people come through the tiny home, just logistics. Got it. And so it sounds like 
this is all these are all things that you plan to do in person. Are you planning to do anything online? Yes, actually, I'm excited to be offering our virtual um, helping people declutter and and get ready for tiny home or it could just be decluttering. Uh, We definitely attract a lot of people that are on their tiny home journey. Uh, When they come into our tiny home, we give them a little survey to fill out. And for anyone that fills out, yes, I want a tiny home, then we get to find out where they're at on their journey. So it's all about going from a dreamer to dweller in the tiny home world. Nice. Speaking of downsizing, are you, did you like pure downsize, like everything you own now is in the house or do you have a, a, a secret storage somewhere? Yes. So we took nine car loads from our home in San Rafael. We, we are caterers. So we had all kinds of stuff, plates and platters and yeah. all of that. We found ways we had a little, we had 500 square feet home, but we had a big outside kind of patio that we could stash a whole bunch of stuff. So we had to do a lot of downsizing of that. And I actually had the opportunity to move to my parents' house during winter when they weren't there because they go to um, um, Tucson during winter. Okay. So the opportunity to just go to their home and take all of our stuff, take over some living rooms and some bathrooms. We have pictures of all of this, of course, and just take box by box, put it on the table. And like we did a big strap down the middle of the table and one side was yes keep and one side was no get rid of and then we had further kind of areas like recycle you know donate uh, sell those kind of categories wow but we did end up still with a little eight by eight storage unit at my parents house who just decided to put their house on the market because they get a downsize to their smaller home not a tiny home yeah And so that had me kind of running back home and looking, getting face to face with all the rest of our stuff. So we are grabbing all of that. We definitely have a mission on us in August to purge that because I do not want to have a storage unit be past September. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing that I like to ask all of my guests is what are two or three resources that helped you along on your tiny house journey that you'd like to share with our listeners? Two or three resources. Well, we'd like to be one, experiencetinyhomes.org because of the events and, and not just that the, the things we're going to be rolling out with downsizing and helping people on the path towards their tiny home. Um, I would say, you know, the very needed resource was really the trailer manufacturer to really understand that world. Um, there is no, kind of weird, there's no really sort of third party organic label kind of thing in this tiny home industry that lets people know like, is this builder cool? Is that builder cool? Um, But I would say we are developing a vetted list of those type of builders. Um, You know, definitely the videos really helped me. Um, When I saw a video that showed someone standing up in in a loft or in a bedroom, which ours is over the gooseneck, it kind of opened up my ideas of what could really be possible because the 120 square foot for my husband and I, it just wasn't an option. (laughs) So we call it keep our marriage sane, um, (laughs) square footage. Yeah. And any other resources, uh, with tiny homes, uh, I'm now finding out more about like the tiny home association, um, American tiny house uh, association is really cool because they're really helping people to legalize certain areas. So I'm working on city of Ukiah in Mendocino County 
to legalize tiny homes and backyards. But the fact that they're going to be, you know, already Fresno and San Luis Obispo um, are illegal. And I think of it like, you know, if you're someone that has a kid with seizures and Colorado opens up for legalizing marijuana, there's a lot of people that flock to move to Colorado. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the same is the case for, you know, people moving in the backyards, but I do think that when more tiny homes become available in backyards, that gives more opportunities for affordable housing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think that a town or city legalizing tiny homes could help attract certain people there. Yeah, and the cool thing is like San Luis Obispo, for example, is having their um, tiny house expo in October. So absolutely the festivals. If you're looking at going tiny, sorry, if this is like the top, top one, I forgot. Um, the very top one is that we realize, well, we want to go tiny. Well, let's go to a festival because you are going to get understanding of certifications. You can meet trailer manufacturers there. You can meet builders there. Right. Um, and that's exactly what, what happened to us. So I was aware of Pacific West, but I did get, you know, kind of informed about RVIA and everyone you're going to meet can have different ideas and opinions. So go in with a certain amount of um, awareness that it's still a new industry, yeah. kind of the wild west. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And the festivals are really going to give you a chance to tour a lot of tiny houses. So you can really get a sense for what size feels right. You know, what layouts yes. seem to work for you, all those kinds of things. And I will add one more thing. If you go visit other people's homes, look at what you do like in the home. Because I've, I've heard a lot from other people that own the homes and they're showing like, People coming in and like, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to. That's the beauty of customization. And hands down, most people are customizing. So just look at the things you do like, you know, or look at the things you don't like, but don't necessarily tell the homeowner it's not what you like because they may like it. And we, we really like the Murphy bed in one. We like the couch in another. And that's how we pulled together our design. Yep. Great. Well. Lindsay Wood, Experience Tiny Homes. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you. You can find the show notes for today's episode, including lots of pictures of Lindsay's tiny house, at thetinyhouse.net slash 070. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 070. Thank you so much to Lindsay Wood with Experience Tiny Homes for being a guest on the show. And thanks to our sponsor this week, Jamaica Cottage Shop. Well, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.